Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist. And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years. And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves sure after have. becoming parents. Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies. I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) Hi, welcome back, everybody. Hey. That's all I got. (laughs) That's all I got, too. Reproductive rights. Yeah, it's a big subject and uh, sometimes hard to talk about. Which it yeah. shouldn't be, but it is what it is. It's been a high talking point for the last year, obviously, and then decades prior, of course, but particularly with the reversal of Roe v. Wade. So we have we have a story. Uh, we have a couple that we're going to share with you guys, Jenny and Asser, and they are going to talk about their experience of choosing an abortion. Yeah, um, and it, it was a decision... That was, uh, you know, well, well thought out and with a lot of love and a lot of care. And, um, you know, this is the first time they're sharing this story with with everyone. And, and they wanted to make, you know, share this story on our podcast so that everybody understands that it's, it could be a tough decision, but sometimes a necessary one. Yeah. The reason why we like this story so much is because it is very intentional and, and you'll you'll hear their experience with it. Um, and it, it was a, a big decision and they went through all the options. And I think part, you know, we can relate to that in many ways because Aaron and I have also had to make a decision in our life for our relationship that was equally intentional and equally long and, <laughs> um, relationship changing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, we'll definitely uh, dive into that probably season two, so you guys will hear all about that. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it's a decision that that required us to do individually, do like research and soul seeking ourselves, and then come back together and share those experiences, and and then work together through different avenues, right? And you'll hear uh, Jenny and Asher talk about th- different different avenues that they explored. And then shared with each other, and and then and then it, it it affected the way they maybe thought about it prior to doing that research. So mm-hmm. it's, it was just very intentional, and it really rang resonated with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also the other factors that you have to contend with of family members and their views, and you know potential judgments, etc. And um, we've we've had our fair share of backlash. Yeah, ourselves. Yeah, the decision that that we're talking about, which again we'll go into greater detail in, in the future episode, um, but it's it's created like hardships on my my side of my family, my extended family, um, yeah. you know, to the point where it's just kind of an unspoken thing, and it's there's that there's that edge to it. There are some resources in the show notes um, if you want to look up your state and what the current laws are. Um, there's also a couple of um, I think. If you want to take any sort of action, if you want to get involved in any way, there's a link to the Planned Parenthood action page that we've attached to there. Um, yeah. Also want to make note that this this episode's going to be a little bit different. It's not as conversational as past episodes have been because the, the sound was a little bit off. So if Aaron and I were to ask a question, it would cut out their initial response. And so there was a delay. So we were much quieter in this episode. And and I think that allowed them to tell the story in their own way and how they wanted it to be told. Yeah, it's a little different. And in fact, there, I think there's one time in the episode where I kind of cut 
Jenny off or even ask her at one point, but it's just because there was that delay and it was like, well, I really want to say something right here. And it was a way for them to, to take it to, to hear the break and, and have a conversation. So, yeah. 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 Anything else, Aaron, you want to add? No, I hope everyone enjoys the episode and, um, next Tuesday we'll come out with another one. Yep. All right. All right. Take care, everyone. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, this is actually the first time that we're sharing it outside of close friends and family, Mm -hmm. but we think that it's important to talk about, and I think one of the reasons I want to talk about it is that, like, to make it a lot so taboo, I think the more people talk about it, the less shame and taboo that potentially could come up. Mm-hmm. So that that's the reason I wanted to put that back on first. That this this is the first of probably many that we'll be talking about. Yeah. So um, my name is Jenny uh, Hartsong. I am a sex, love, and intimacy coach. Nice. And um, this, do you, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so my name is Esther Suelum. I'm 35 years old. Um, uh, I'm a software engineer. Uh, originally, I'm from Egypt, born and raised. Uh, I moved here to the U.S. in 2013. I've been living here for nine years. Nice. Um, I've been through a lot of things in my life, uh, so many details, but uh, I met Jenny almost a year ago. Uh, we met actually in the hot tub here, uh, where we <laughs> oh, live right nice. now. <laughs> That's awesome. It was a really good interaction in the beginning, and uh, we have been living together in the same apartment uh, for about uh, four months now. No, actually, like six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six months. So uh, yeah, that's our story, and uh, it's really uh, like a big thing for us to talk about um, our pregnancy and abortion story. Uh, it happened back in May, and um, we have been talking about it uh, with other people, but this is the first time we talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 33, and um, you know, in society, at my age, we're kind of expecting start wanting to have children and I'm kind of undecided but I the decision was um, about three and a half years ago I got in an acro yoga accident which oh, okay. is me dropped actually directly on the top of my head oh, wow. oh, my three, three feet ish onto concrete oh my wow I've had a, like, a really intense journey with physical pain in my body. And um, it's actually one of the reasons I met Asser mm-hmm. is that I was living in Mexico and I had to move back to the U.S. because there, all the roads were dirt down there. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like a bobblehead and all the injuries in my neck. I have four herniated discs in my neck and my spine. And I'm young enough and not hurt enough that I don't have to get surgery right now, but I have to really take care of my health right now. It's a high priority. And so that was a major defining factor. And then we had just met, which um, in my coaching, I actually am I'm teaching this, like how to manifest your partner and your king, because I went through this huge process with pain and living by myself and really like removing all the blocks inside my heart that was keeping me from not being in sacred union and in partnership and so i had this huge breakthrough right when i came to the u.s about like my patterns and why i was attracting unavailable men and it was this huge cellular breakthrough like i was crying and processing and writing and i wrote like 10 pages of what i wanted a man and then i was like oh gosh I'm exhausted. I need to go sit in the hot tub and relax. Oh, and ten minutes later, I oh my there. gosh! <laughs> wow, yeah, that's yeah. quite the meetup. Is that the hot tub that's it's in your building right now? Yeah, yeah, it's like in the apartment complex we we live at. So mm-hmm. yeah. now we live together, but then we didn't, and um, yeah, like we met, and like that night, and we've been pretty much inseparable. That was the day after Thanksgiving last mm-hmm. year. We've been pretty much inseparable. I've never spent so much time with a partner ever, and neither has he. Me neither. He's been married twice, so mm-hmm. we're spending a lot of quality time together. But when we got pregnant, we had only been together for four months. Mm-hmm. That was a huge one, and a lot of things in my life weren't settled. I had just moved from Mexico. I had to like go move all my stuff out of my house. 
I had just gotten my car stolen, my neck was hurting, I was going to physical, th like, I think I went to like, in like four months, I went to like 80 different doctor's appointments to try oh to figure God. out what was going on. Yeah. So, I was religiously tracking my cycle. Um, I was taking my temperature every single morning and I was taking ovulation tests. Mm -hmm. And I had this app that I was using that's um, certified in Europe as just as um, effective as the birth control pill. Oh, okay. And I don't drink alcohol, so it didn't impact that either. Um, and I was being so diligent with it, like so diligent. Because I've had issues with birth control in the past, and I wasn't really committed to getting an IUD put in. Um, we ended up getting pregnant when I was actually on my period. Oh wow! Um, okay. Tracking people tell you to track if you want to get if you. I always say for people if you want to track, use that as a form of birth control only if you're willing to keep a baby if you get pregnant. From that's my from my own experience. Right. <laughs> so. Right, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we have been going through. Actually, uh, like Jenny said, I was married twice. Actually, the first time I was married when I was 26, year old, 26 and that for a year and a half. And then I got married again at 29, and uh, it lasted for two and a half years. Uh, no kids, uh, because I was making sure always, like in any relationship, even in marriage, that uh, uh, having kids has to be very intentional. Because when I was young, uh, my parents got divorced when I was five years old and I had two siblings at that time. Um, my upbringing was not that bad, but uh, in the same time, uh, it was not normal family structure, like my parents live in different places. So I kinda experienced what it means to be away from uh, my dad and away from my mom at some time. So I tried as much as I can when I grow up and uh, get married or like be in a relationship to be very intentional about having kids mm -hmm. and make sure that there's a purpose and there's intention in it. Yeah. And I also, like I'm not ready for some personal reasons but uh, in every single relationship I was always making sure that uh, I prevent any uh, pregnancy by taking care of myself like the pull out method mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what my partner uh, say about if she is on pill if she is on her period I always take care of it and I make sure that I don't uh, like uh, I have to pull out and I don't come in uh, with Ginny, it was different. <laughs> with Ginny, she uh, she's a sex and intimacy coach, so there was a lot of uh, credibility on her understanding of what uh, uh, different ways to prevent uh, like pregnancy. Yeah. And this uh, method or this like um, way of tracking was a new way I never heard about it before. So I kind of trust the process and I trusted that uh, we can actually prevent it without taking pills and I can, it's going to be okay. Unfortunately, at some point, it, uh, it happened that uh, the app was not right. So here is an advice, is do not trust technology yeah. on something yeah. like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. think there's, I think, I think to your point though, like no matter what birth control you're on, there's, it's not a hundred percent, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's always going to be that, that variable risk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I agree with you. There is always risk in like in all the methods, but this one I kind of like didn't hear about it before, and I trusted the process, but uh, it led to pregnancy. So again, you know, like go back again. Okay, I was not supposed to trust an app to for something like this, but yeah, you're right. And yeah. Jenny, as yeah, a, talking... as, as an instructor, you know, you, this is something that you've utilized in the past, and 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 teach. It sounds like. And and I think you made a comment earlier that <clears throat> alludes me to believe that you you look at it a little bit differently now as far as like using the app and 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 the way you view it now is that correct? Yeah, I mean I know a lot of rhythm method coaches are out there and a lot of people teach that and I really was excited to teach about it too. So I wanted to put it into action first to prove it worked, <laughs> which obviously it didn't. We did it for three months and got pregnant, which. I've never been pregnant before and he's never been pregnant before so it's not and it's the first time I took it like super serious and like really serious I mean it's a lot of work like to, to take your temperature every single morning you like you can't even like get out of bed or drink water or anything that's the first thing you do instantly mm -hmm. which is a great method too if you're trying to get pregnant to learn that system as well to know when you're ovulating um so yeah, I wouldn't teach that anymore. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. that that it 
effective. Share with us like how, you know, when you found out that you got pregnant, like what was that like for you guys as a couple? My life was really crazy in that time. Um, I had to run down to Mexico to move out of a house that I was living in that I had a sublease in Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't think I was going to stay in the U.S., but um, I am, which I wasn't planning on meeting him either. Um, So I had just run down to Mexico. I had just got my car stolen. He just went through this huge personal development workshop that's like really intense. It's one of the most intense experiences I've ever done in my life. And then he went through it. So our lives were just like kind of a pressure cooker. You can imagine everything was so intense. So I, I assumed that I was late because my stress levels were high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't actually find out I was pregnant until six weeks in, which I was really surprised because I've heard stories of women who were like, oh, I knew exactly when I got pregnant. I could feel it or... Like I could tell right away my hormones were shifting and I've been practicing yoga for 10 years and have a pretty solid like spiritual practice and I'm really in tune with my body. So I was really surprised that I didn't know I was pregnant until I took the test. That was shocking for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I always assumed that I would just know right away instantly. I said, hey, babe, like, I'm just going to go get a pregnancy test just to rule it out. I think it's just because I'm stressed and, like, life has been really intense. So I went and got the test, and I took it, and I walked into his office, and I was like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, not what I was hoping for. (laughs) Yeah, she came in with the the pregnancy test, and she said, I have some news. I said, what's going on she said uh, I'm pregnant and uh, I said really she said yes I did two tests and like it shows positive and I'm gonna go tomorrow to do like a professional test to just make sure 100% but so far it seems like 95% we are pregnant mm-hmm. and I didn't say a word. I was like I didn't know what to say I was like no reaction and then a few minutes later I start talking I said okay I stopped everything I'm doing like I stopped everything and then uh, we went out that day and we went for a walk on the beach and uh, we were just like in silence and awe like mm-hmm. like how that happened we were taking care of it but now the situation happened like at the end of our walk it started to feel like serious like okay now it's it's here it's now what I'm gonna do about it mm-hmm. and for me personally because I tried as much as possibly all my life all my adult life to be careful about having kids and I wanted to be intentional and also I have some plans in the coming year before I want to settle on having kids and this plans I'm planning it for your four years is to do a world trip uh, around the world for six months to a year and um, I don't want to settle and have kids before that and for me having kids is a big responsibility like it's something that I myself I'll talk about myself We'll make sure that if I have kids, I will be the best father I can be for them as much as possibly can, which means there is no uh, I without them uh, anymore. And this trip I want to do, I want to do it by myself. I have been planning it for years, and um, I don't want anything that restricts me from doing this trip, either work, relationships, family, or kids. So it was uh, shocking for me. It was like, even if I feel like I'm ready to be a dad, I still need to do this thing in my life so I start talk to Jenny about and then we start having the option for pregnancy it's like hey I'm not ready to have kids right now that was unexpected it was uh, intentional and we start talking about like the abortion part and from there we went through uh, like a lot of ups and downs it was really extreme like uh, like really hard times we fight we argue and then we calm down and we talk and we went through a process to get to the point where we made a decision to uh, get that portion. So it took about three weeks yeah. to choose, and it was really hard. It yeah. was the hardest thing, one of the hardest <clears throat> things I've ever done. Like a lot of it, like pulled up a lot of emotion, like deep, deep emotion internally. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I love, I love hearing that part of the story where it's there's intention behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't. Yeah 
the the people's ideas of of oh it's just a, a shoot from the hips reaction to something you know there was a lot of thought and love that went into this decision yeah yeah i prayed a lot um i consider myself a very spiritual person and i i started to dive into like different religious beliefs because i know we live in a country that's primarily focused on christianity but there's also different beliefs and i um I have a background being Jewish, and in the Jewish um, Judaism, they believe that until the baby takes its first breath, that it's part of the mom and the mom's body. And if there's any way that the child can hurt the mother, like psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, then it's up to her to make that decision, and it's her body, um, which is really really was helpful and then um yeah I, I could cried a lot i i had a lot of emotions i like i i went down like the rabbit hole of like if aster didn't want to be a father and i wanted to be a mother what would that look like in my life right now and like how would i do that and i you know i talked to some helplines and i um i went and you know got an ultrasound to see what that would feel like to have that experience and he was there as well mm -hmm. and we just we really dove into the what if scenario mm -hmm. and every single area like what if we decided to have the baby and stay together what if he didn't want to be a dad and I wanted to be a mom and kept it what would that look like or what would it look like if we got an abortion um, and like, yeah, one, we, like, one thing yeah. for Aster's emotion was like he was really emotionally triggered that he didn't have the say of what I actually finally did. That was like his journey to work through. Yeah, at some at some point, like I believe that's my own personal uh, opinion is like in pregnancy, both uh, like both both couples like have say in it. But of course, it's the woman's body. Like I cannot tell what to do with her body. But to bring a human to earth and like I be the father, it's I have to make that decision. Of course, I understand that when I had sex without being careful, that was uh, knowing the risks that I'm taking. But right now we have the uh, options that we laid down in front of us. And um, so I cannot force her to do something. I know that. But when we had the option for like, what if I decided not to have the kid and she decided 100% that she want to go with the pregnancy, I said, I'm not going to take responsibility on it. Just to lay down the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario that happens sometime even if a father said, oh, I'm going to take care of it. But when the kid comes or the baby comes, they disappear. And that happens. So I wanted to lay down that option because it was unintentional and we didn't plan to have the kid. So I don't know how I'm going to react. Yeah. Either now or later. Yeah. I didn't make myself like ready for the responsibility. So we laid that option uh, in a way that worst case scenario, I'm not going to take care of the kid. You're going to be on your own. The worst case that you can do is just sue me to try to take money monthly from me, and that is okay with me. And that happens. Whatever the laws that say happens. that I have to do, I will do it. Yeah. But uh, like, I'm not gonna take any responsibility on the kid. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is we go to with the pregnancy. We we just stay together for the next 20 years till this kid grow up and be on their own, and we just go through it. So that that was uh, both our we also discussed all the other things in between like the what ifs so we went through this ups and downs a lot and um, um, yeah for me also I am from a Muslim background so in Islam uh, it's okay to have abortion in the first three months but it has to be for a reason it cannot just be because oh I don't want to have a kid and uh, also in my culture like usually people get pregnant after they get married it's not before and um, so there was a lot of things that uh, how I grow up also in, in my culture, like, yes, you can have an abortion, but it has to be for a reason. So there was a lot of conflict uh, internally because that's the first time I'm in this situation. And also in my culture, like we or regularly, we see a pregnancy or having kids as a blessing. It's really good for any couples to have kids. It's a way of our contribution to humanity is to deliver what we have to the next generation. And uh, I believe that too. But in the same time, during this period before we get the abortion, uh, I was thinking about what is really good for me or for us or for all of us as a humanity. 
and that's something like opened my mind completely to a different perspective of how us as humans should perceive in our life intentionally in our reproduction our reproduction is one of the big factors that maintains and keep the human race going but in the same time it's one of the big factors in, on the problems we have in the world right now mm-hmm. like we have billions of people who is in poverty no education poor health and all of this because we keep reproducing without intention so if we think about the big picture of humanity and the human race along the way i think it's better to be intentional about our reproduction so we can bring better generation for the future yeah. so instead of every two people just have two three four kids or even one uh, they need to know why they are doing this and what is the contribution because having kids should be for the future not for me and and, like, and, and that's a lot of things I even to the fact that then and to make it to where they can choose whether to have those kids you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> where it's it's not having three or four and being forced into doing it mm-hmm. um going back to a comment you made earlier too about falling into patterns that your parents weren't went through you know to you know divorced at five going through all those cycles did that play a part in in your decision making as well yeah huge part because uh, because of my parents got divorced uh, that gave me uh, awareness when i grew up and i understood more that uh, sometimes uh, the, having kids is just a process like they, they had me and my other two siblings and I was the youngest so the process is like you find someone you love you get married and you have kids and then they was not they were not aware of uh, a lot of internal issues or trauma they had with themselves that affected the relationship with themselves and affected the relationship with us mm-hmm. so that made me like look at um, I want to make sure as much as possibly can that when I have kids uh, that is it's gonna be a sustainable relationship mm-hmm. like in my previous marriages uh, once we get married there's the relationship is good but once we get married things change you know like a lot of things change and uh, having kids will be for me means like I'm stuck with it I'm not gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. and um, uh, that that's something for me it was like I want to make sure the relationship is sustainable before I decide to have kids yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I love that you guys were so intentional and in having all the different scenarios that could possibly play out, you know, and really processing each of those um, ways. And also too, like thinking about it as the big picture, not just between the two of you, but what is this going to look like for the world, you know, if we decide to have kids or not? And we're not against having children. Yeah. Right. Ever, yeah. But it was like, we barely knew each other. It's four months into a relationship. Mm-hmm. I was you know I'm still I'm finally getting myself more grounded now um in my body and my healing but uh, I had a spine injury and those are really intense on the nervous system and I was it was a constant journey of regulating anxiety in my body and I couldn't carry anything heavy so like the idea of holding a baby or carrying baby around was too physically challenging for me and that that was kind of when it came down to like the actual decision making that was the defining factor but we did want to like explore every single spiritual emotional path possible and go down every scenario see what that looked like and try that hat on you know to see yeah and i was getting really sick too i had never been told before how sick you can get in your first trimester i was so sick oh no like i I feel like my nervous system because it was so unregulated because like i have what's a herniated disc and so what it is is little discs between your spinal cord and they they push out and push on your spinal cord Um, and when that happens like the whole nervous system just shuts down and so it's like regulating so much emotion plus being pregnant was like so much emotion and then i i had my best friend's a midwife and i'm so grateful for her support during this journey and she was saying that when you're in the first trimester a lot of progesterone is being released and what that's happening um ironically the sicker you get in your pregnancy stronger the pregnancy is supposedly okay. Huh. Which is like weird. <laughs> Counter. So 
she's like, yeah, you're not going to have a miscarriage. That's not happening. I was like, okay. So, yeah, I literally spent 10 days solid in bed, not being able to do anything besides watch Netflix. If I breathed without watching Netflix, I would want to vomit. And I think I ate, like, four plain slices of white toast in that time, and that's all I could eat in 10 days. Gosh, yeah. it was so- yeah, it was hard. Time. It was hard time. Like I remember the first two weeks, it was all about this chaos of like we don't know what to do, and we tried to figure out, and we had a lot of arguments and fights, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of things going on. And then in the third week, I recognized that I really have no say, like hundred percent. It's her decision, hundred percent. And as much as I resist her decision, as much as I'm gonna be like in with myself and with her. So I decided to surrender for that completely the last week before we decided it was like complete surrendering for me to just like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be with love and just to let her decide. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to enforce or try to put anything in her mind. It's just like, I'm going to let her decide. And then once she hundred percent sure about her decision, then I can decide for myself what I want because it's her decision first and I have to respect it. And, uh, thankfully for some reason, like that week or that 10 days, she started to like, understand that it's going to be hard on her uh, personally, physically, and uh, emotionally. And we just, one month away from living together, we just literally starting our relationship. And that's going to be something very challenging and might not be good for us or for the kid. Jenny, when, when he was going through that, <clears throat> what was your own internal process too? Were you like, were you upset with him that he wasn't trying to help make a decision? Or were you like, you know, leave me alone. I want to, I want to make sure I can handle, you know, just kind of curious how, what your thought process was. Well, I don't, I don't want to generalize, but I do find that, well, Aster has emotion, has a lot of rage and anger emotions that come through him and mm-hmm. he's been going to therapy and really, really working on it. And I think that getting pregnant really activated that part mm-hmm. of him. I don't want to generalize, but I'm going to kind of generalize. Is like, I feel like um, as a worldwide concept, like men are not allowed to feel any other emotion besides rage and anger. Like it's mm-hmm. not as socially accepted. Mm-hmm. And then women, you know, we're told that like we're too much and our emotions are too much. Mm-hmm. And so I think like I was seeing that like really magnetized of like my emotions were too much and his was just rage. And so I was like making him wrong and evil and this awful person because he was just being rageful and how dare him not support me. And I'm the one who's being pregnant and I'm the one who's going through the emotions and this is my body and like you, you're you being more dramatic than I am. And like a lot of like just kind of battles were going on and I got really upset. You know, he spent like a good like four or five days just being mad, like angry, pissed off. And I was like, shocked because I didn't expect that reaction yeah Um, one of the things that we had done when we committed to moving in together is that we committed to being together a hundred percent no matter what for one year Mm -hmm. and then when that year came up we were gonna re remake that commitment and so I think that was a blessing in the fact no matter what happened we weren't gonna break up okay yeah yeah. And so no matter how evil he, I thought he was being at the time, I was going to stay in and work through it. I think that really was a powerful gift for us because it brought us so much closer. Mm-hmm. So much closer. I've never been so close with a person. And so like if you're, if, you know, for people who are listening, if you're contemplating abortion and you feel like maybe it could break your relationship up, I just want you to know it can actually make your relationship stronger if you choose that choice. Yeah. It's a choice. The parameters that you guys set for yourself, it forced you to work through that together. Uh, yeah. So after that period of trying to decide, uh, like, uh, um, I was just trying to be very loving and supportive for her uh, during Which her sickness. so nice. Because <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, like, there's no reason to be, like, angry or rageful or, like, just get all these things out of your head and just be loving for her because you love her and let her decide so she started thinking about okay I'm, I'm really considering abortion because my body wouldn't be able to take it especially because of her neck injury 
Um, and uh, we start looking at the options. So there was like a couple options, the Pell and uh, the surgery. Yeah, that was a hard one was deciding how I was going to go forward with the abortion. Yeah. That was a challenge. Um, one thing for me is my mom passed away 10 years ago, and this was a huge, huge burden on my shoulder to make this decision is when she was on her deathbed, she begged me to never get an abortion. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Um, she got an abortion when she was 23, which is two years after it became legal in the U.S. Um, and it went really wrong, mm. and she almost died. And she had a really hard time having me because of that. She didn't have me until she was 36, and she really struggled with miscarriage. That was a huge, huge burden, but I really worked through that and the fact that she's passed away and it's my life. Yeah. And yeah. I also found out that back when it was illegal, a lot of people were menstruating really dangerous uh, miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And then two years after it became legal because there was hardly anyone educated on how to do an abortion, a lot of people who were doing abortions were the people who were doing them illegal before it became legal. Mm -hmm. And so it was still actually dangerous because oh, wow. there wasn't the proper education because it was only two years in. Mm -hmm. I realized, you know, that we live in a world now where we have incredibly well-trained <laughs> people. And I looked at the statistics, you know, in the first 12 weeks, it's safer to get an abortion than it is to continue on with the pregnancy. And then the, after the 12 weeks, it's the same danger. Mm. Having a baby is just as dangerous as getting an abortion. They're the equal. So I was very surprised to hear that. Mm. It was a shock. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, having a baby is a dangerous experience for a woman's body to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've never had a baby. And I was I did have that experience of being pregnant. And I was like, wow, they don't tell you how much your body, like, is impacted so yeah. dramatic. I had a like deep, deep age of anger come up through that experience of like, how dare men make a decision over a female's body when they don't know what it feels like to be pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like that was really going through me. And then two weeks after I got the abortion, Roe versus Wade was reversed. Yeah, that was a big thing for us because actually when we decided to make the abortion and we went to the clinic, like I was with her along the way and um, we I actually, when I was there, there was like uh, the group of people who was like from the church holding signs outside and said, you are killing people and you're killing babies and pictures and things like that. And and... Screaming at you. <clears throat> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And actually, I like um, during the three weeks that we were deciding to get an abortion, um, I, I had this fight internally because how I grow up and how also my culture is the religion and all these things is like, how dare you want to have abortion and kill the life? And like, what is that right or wrong? He like showed up with love with the picketers and like kind of dissolved them which was an amazing story yeah because there's there were six people there and i was like talking with them with love it's like do not make people feel guilty like what you're doing you have good intention you are trying to save people but we have people that actually right now needs your help like mm -hmm. homeless people uh, seniors uh, kids around the world there's so many people who is alive right now mm -hmm. and they need your help more than you here trying to make others feel guilty <clears throat> about a good decision they make for themselves regardless they say oh if you don't want to have kids they shouldn't have sex well people sometimes have sex and they made mistakes i made mistake mm -hmm. should i take these mistakes for the rest of my life and make it as a human as a mistake or should be more intentional i'm not saying like having kids is wrong but we have to be intentional yeah. and they said okay if you don't want to have it you can give it to someone someone is uh, want to adopt kids I said, okay, I agree with you 100%. But you know what? I would love these people who want to adapt to go to any third world country, like the country I came from, and go just walk in the street. They will see like little kids, one, two, three years old, just begging in the streets and eating from the trash. Yeah. I would love for them to bring that kid and give them the opportunity to live a life that they wouldn't dream of. Yeah. Better than trying to force someone to have a kid so they have a little baby. There's yeah. a humans right now who can, like, they can go and help. And we have eight billion people on earth. We don't need more people unless yeah. it's intentional. 
generation. So it was a long conversation and we lasted lasted for an hour and someone like you know like walk away and then someone comes and talk and then I'd, like after the hour like all of them were gone six people were like one after another they start to leave oh i, I gotta go because i have this I, it was just a weird situation but it ended in a good way that they feel like they cannot get me anywhere they cannot get me angry like one of them was actually shaming me you're a sinner mm. like the evil and I was, that's your opinion on me. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> like, come hug me if you want. Yeah. You know, but do you love me? Right. Here with us, because I also like. Um, I know a lot about like the Christian religion, and I know the beliefs. So I said, and we believe in Jesus as like Muslims too. So I told him like, if Jesus is here with us, he wouldn't stand next to you and shame me. Mm -hmm. He will come and hug me. Yeah. Come tell me it's okay. It's fine because that's what love. So can you do that for me? I'm here. I'm really, really. What I'm going through is really hard for me. It's not easy, and I need like to be you kind to me and loving and tell me it's okay. So can you do that to me? And he said no. And another woman came and hugged me, and she was nice. So it is that connection and hate. Once you open your heart with love with anyone, it's their decision to. So, so the woman came and hugged me and told me, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. We just trying to like to help as much as we can. And then she left. And the man was like shaming me so much you know so yeah a lot of people use that thing as it's righteous it's, it's like their flag of saying we are right you are wrong it could be abortion it could be anything else yeah yeah as much as we judge others about what they do in their life i think i don't think that's a good thing so roe versus way that that the whole concept it supports both sides so if you don't if you don't uh believe in abortion or you don't want to have one or what have you fine go go do your thing go back to your house and believe that but there's there's just no reason to sit there and blame like you said blame others for making the same choice although it be at a different direction something that i i like to do research on the other side and and understand why people feel the way they feel and i i understand the concept of like they feel like there's these innocent children being killed that don't have the choice to live. I understand that. That makes sense to me. And, you know, it's been proven through science that, you know, when one cell becomes two cells, then there's life there. So I really went into my own journey of like, is there life inside of me really? And I'm, am I really killing somebody? And when I asked myself that decision, I really sat with myself and tried to talk to the spirit of the child and really meditated in my body. Mm. I couldn't connect with any soul. There was no soul in me. And for, you know, I've heard some moms talk about like how they felt the soul of their baby before they even pregnant wanting to move through them. And um, they've heard them knocking or had dreams about them or, or things like that. And I genuinely, in my pure consciousness, do not feel like I killed anything. Yeah. I don't feel that at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. The one, the, the spiritual defining factor that made me have the decision was I was listening to this guru from India talking about abortion. And he was talking about how he believed in the first 12 weeks of, um, you know, pregnancy there's a conversation between the spirit and and wondering if it's deciding to choose those parents. There's like this mm -hmm. this period of time where there's a conversation. And it's like, hey, is that the family and parents that I want to come through into this world and have that karmic journey with? That was an interesting concept for me. I had never heard that before. Mm -hmm. And then my, my girlfriend, who's the midwife, said that all 20% of known pregnancies and miscarriage 20 percent that's that we know about yeah. where the mother knew she was pregnant so it could be up to like 30 or 40 percent um and that made me kind of realize i'm like oh like that kind of proved that theory to my mind well if the baby can decide well why can't the parents decide so yeah. that was kind of like the deciding and then my body feeling so painful and then I made the appointment um, and it was 10 days out and I was like, you know, what? I have this appointment. If I want to cancel, I can. It's totally mm -hmm. fine. I'm just mm -hmm. going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then by the time 
like the day before like give me this abortion I need to feel normal again like I need my body back I need my soul back I was being so drained and but and then after the abortion within like two hours I was like so much better oh, I was wow. so much better yeah it was instant the next day I was yeah it was instant I was grocery shopping and cleaning the house and like driving around and carrying things and I was like wow I feel so much better like I also think there's a huge big part about the guilt tripping the self because mm -hmm. have an abortion and actually also the, the people that I was talking to they, they used that it was like oh you can have an abortion abortion but you're gonna regret it later I said like you are drawing my future for me that I'm gonna live in regret for a decision I already made and it's happening Yes. So that's that's not right, and I don't want to do this to myself too. So before we actually go and do the abortion, I had a conversation with Virginia about what might happen after emotionally. So we talked about tripping ourselves, especially that her mom, like before she died, she told her to not do that. So there was a lot, a big part of like a guilt tripping the self in doing this. And uh, after that, it was like, I told her, like, before we get the abortion, let's process that guilt mm -hmm. so we don't have it after. Nice. So the moment we got the abortion, it was like, yeah, I was like, let's, let's process it let's, as, uh, before we actually do it, because we are not doing it out of fear. We are not doing it out of, like, words. We are doing it because that's our decision, mm -hmm. and we stand for it, and we respect it, and that's us. And uh, let's process anything that might happen to us before much as we can so after we got the abortion uh, the abortion it was like there is relief not because we got rid of a kid or it was relieved that there's no like all the things that we used to, to think as this is something bad and there is guilt coming from it and her mom like that's something she didn't respect her mom what she asked her all this was not there it was actually that was the right decision that yeah. was 100 percent the decision because we were not ready for it in our relationship in our life and our and her body and so many factors we were not ready for it and if it happened by mistake we don't have to carry this mistake for like the rest of our life we can figure it out right now and then later when we are ready to have kids if god willing we had a kid great if we didn't it's okay there's still other humans that we can help and, and help so it's yeah. not about having a kid and uh, yeah, so that that's the part of like guilt tripping the self and like processing the emotions that might happen after or during. It's better to process it during the time. And also, like Jenny said, we we both of us did that separately and together to get deep spiritually and connect with ourselves and with what's inside of us, especially here. Mm -hmm. And we found that it's it's not the same, you know. It's okay. It's yeah. really really okay. Right. Those peace and quietness is like it's fun. I love, that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's such a what what a journey, <laughs> you know, not only for your in, like internally as an individual, but as a couple. And, you know, before we wrap up, I really you had mentioned that this experience made you guys stronger. And like, how have you noticed your love transform after this, this experience? I think there's a deeper trust mm -hmm. between us. Like it, it mm -hmm. I feel like it took like years of processing trust in like a few mm -hmm. months like brought it down and we got a lot more intimate and um you know being a sex love and intimacy coach i got to apply a lot of the practices that i teach mm -hmm. um, because after the abortion it was pretty vulnerable to have sex again yeah. like there was stuff going on so it was it was an opportunity for us to slow down and to and to really be present with what is within each other yeah. And I think that, like, because of the experience that we went through together, and, you know, we've talked about this as well as, like, I think we'd trust each other to have kids in the future more mm -hmm. because of going through the journey mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And if, if we were to have kids together, which I'm open for, like, I want to be healthy and healed. And I took a world trip. For a while so I understand what that's like and the need for that so I don't I wouldn't want to restrict him from having that experience so like I can see us you know communicating in a couple years or so and I understand that I'm you know 33 so there's a time limit and everything you know I saw a lot of my girlfriends are having babies right now and I see their lives and they're all supported by their mothers 
in like the major ways and family and I, I don't have that so that's another factor yeah. but yeah it's just I think we've been a lot more vulnerable a lot more authentic and open mm-hmm. um, you know I've been able to communicate more profoundly what my sexual needs are with slowing down and yeah. breathing together and and taking our time and allowing for like intentional sexual healing to happen, which is something I teach. Yeah. It, it was a supportive to be able to use the tools. So I surrendered to the process. And then when she made the decision to go through the abortion and the way I saw her get over uh, like her, like guilt tripping for what her mom told her and be strong and be confident and say, this is the right thing, I'm gonna do it. That make me trust her so much. And mm-hmm. you know what, if I wanna have kids, I have kids with her. For for you, if you're listening and you're contemplating getting an abortion and you don't know what to do, my suggestion, and I I gave this to a girlfriend the other day, is go out into nature, get off your phone, get off technology, put your feet on the earth and breathe Mm -hmm. and just sit with yourself yourself what is the best choice for you if you'd like to learn more about jenny and her work you could follow her on instagram at jenny rose heart song that's j-e-n-n-y-r-o-s-e-h-e-a-r-t-s-o-n-g She has a couple of workshops coming up if you guys are in the Newport Beach area. On February 11th, she has Spirit of Love, Sacred Union Valentine Tantra Workshop for Couples. And on February 12th, she has Spirit of Love, Sacred Self Workshop for all you single folks out there. Also, Jenny offers one-on-one coaching as well if you're interested. And guess what? Asser did it. He is currently on his world tour. If you'd like to follow along on his adventures, follow him on Instagram at Asserswellum. That's A-S-S-E-R-S-W-E-L-A-M. Thank you for listening and your continued support. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Please make sure you review and subscribe to our podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Love After Lullabies. And if you want to be on our show, come on, you know you want to be on it. Email us at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com. So she got under some three ears. <laughs>